a powerful time of praise and worship. The presence of the Lord is, I've already said it a couple of times, but I'm, I'm just telling you, I can sense the presence of the Lord right here, right now, and I know that you're sensing it as well. And I know that not just because I know it in my spirit, I'm hearing some, seeing some chats from you all, and just, I can recognize that you're experiencing the power and the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for being a part of this service. Uh, I know the Lord has some good things in store for you today. If you're checking in with us for the very first time, we want to say thank you for being a part of what's taking place here at Resurrection Life Church. We hope you'll continue to come back and check us out again and make sure it's a good fit for you. I believe that it is. If you're looking for a good church, I'll just say to you right now, you found it. This is a good church right here. Praise the Lord. We have a fantastic children's ministry here. They do an amazing job. Uh, typically, when we are having an assembly of believers here, we got somewhere between 30, 40, maybe 50 kids that are coming to our children's ministry, and our team is just amazing. Since we're not able to assemble, they've been getting together every week and putting together a video for our children's ministry moment. So kids, gather around the TV, gather around the device or whatever it is that y'all are looking at right now, and let's get ready for a powerful time of children's ministry from Miss Connie. I believe today's lesson is called Mission Impossible. Enjoy this. Good morning, boys and girls. This is another Sunday and a day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it, right? I remembered my tube this week to see if my little friends are here. Oh, I see Nathaniel. You're not you're one of my bigger friends. Oh, how about Bentley? Oh, you used to be my little friend. Now you're a bigger friend. Oh, there's Gemma. Hi, Gemma. How about Maya? There's Maya. Hi, Maya. How about my friend Jack? Hi, Jack. There's Paisley and oh, and there's Lily. Oh my goodness, all your brother, brother and sisters are there. Well, all of you are there. Too many for me to name. Maybe I'll call your name next time. Welcome. God is so good. You remember last week we talked about Jonah and how he disobeyed God and he ended up in a smelly timeout. Not because God was mad at him, because God saved him. It was an awesome story. You know, in this world today and things that we're dealing with right now, there's lots of things happening. We're told we have to stay home. We can't go out. We can't play with our friends. We can't go to the store. We can't buy some of this stuff. But you know what? <laughs> it's okay. Because God takes care of us anyway. So, sometimes things look impossible. Sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're home and confined in your, in your room, what is this? Oh, it's got my name on it. I wonder what it is. Somebody must have left this for me. Let's let's find out. You want to see? Oh, look at this. What am I supposed to do with this? Oh, I know. If I were to tell you that you could step through this paper, not over it, not around it, not under, but you could step through this paper and come out on the other side. What would you think about that? Would you believe me? Hmm. What would you say? What? It's impossible? Is it? Hmm. Ha. <laughs> we come across a lot of things that are impossible, don't we? 
a lot of things happening in our lives. We fight with our brothers and sisters. We get mad at each other. Do you know God never gets mad at you? Because he loves you, he's love. He never gets angry with you to punish you that way. But, do you remember we talked about sin when you're like this with God and sin separates you? Hmm. If you're separated, oh, you gotta get rid of the sin so you can be back with him like this. Really works better. God has a master plan for our lives. He has a master plan no matter what. Now, you can walk through this paper if you have a master plan or know somebody that has a master plan and you have the right tools. I'll show you this. Okay, we're gonna fold this paper like hot dog bun, somebody said. I never heard of that before, but okay, it's a hot dog bun. See? Now, while we're at home and we're with our families, sometimes we hear things we don't like. And sometimes it scares us. Sometimes you hear your parents fighting and you go, oh no, Billy's parents fought and fought. They got a divorce. I wonder if my parents are getting a divorce. Say, no, you know, you don't have to be afraid of that because God knows everything. It's, it, maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's not impossible for God to change hearts and minds. But you know what? Maybe there's a bully at school. Of course, we're not at school right now. Maybe he's in the neighborhood that picks on you all the time and you wish he would just go somewhere and leave you alone. Well, whether he does or whether he doesn't, doesn't change what God can do for you. The Bible says Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The kind of peace he has is in here. And it goes to our minds so that we're just comfortable and we're not bothered by stuff. And it's okay because God said so. Wow, but all those things, mm, many of them seem impossible. But God has a master plan. This is why it's important you learn who God is and not just who he is and not just about him, but you learn and become part of his family so that he lives inside of you and you can hear him with your spirit ears. You gotta have your spirit ears wide, wide open. Yes, because there's always an answer. You know what? God's pretty smart, don't you think? He made the whole world. He made the universe. He knows everything about science. Well, of course he does. He made it. Science. But we can learn. He's the master. And we can learn from master planners what to do. Wow. Do you think you can step through this now? Look at here. It's still one piece of paper, right? Yeah. It looks like a bunch here. How's this gonna work? Wow, well, okay, I, I remember. Um, how about this? Let's do this. You know, Jonah, when he went to the bottom of that sea, the enemy thought he killed him. He tried to kill him with the storm. That didn't work because he let the sailors throw him overboard. So not only the sailors were saved and the ship was saved. But Jonah went to the bottom of the sea and the enemy thought, oh, I got him now. He's, he's dead for sure. <laughs> but we know that God had a plan. 
And God said, oh no, you're not killing my man. I got a job for him to do that only he can do. You know, God's got a job for you that only you can do? Oh yeah. Nobody can do the job he has for you because there's nobody like you. He made you unique and special. Mm. When you listen inside and you talk, did you know you can talk to God? Oh yeah. Yeah. You make yourself real, get really, really quiet. Grab yourself. Now, Miss Peggy did this in your class. She had you, what'd she give you? Paper and crayons and pencils and clay, Play-Doh. Yeah, go get something like that. Go to your room or a quiet spot. And you go there and you just say, oh, be real quiet inside. And then you say, Father God, what would you like to say to me? And then you listen. And as you listen, you'll hear him speak. And when you hear him speak, you write down what he said or draw a picture of what he said. Maybe you'll see him in, in your spirit and you can get an idea there what's going on. Now, let's see. Let's see if I did this right. Oh, look. Oh my goodness. Oh, I missed one. Did I miss one? Oh, look at this. Remember, this is impossible. Impossible. Can you walk through it now? Woo! You know, the Bible says nothing's impossible with God. Not one thing is impossible with God. Just like now it's possible to walk through this piece of paper. It's still one piece of paper. You saw it. Wow. We can praise God and say, thank you, God. Nothing that I'm going through, nothing that's happening around me. Oh, no. It's not impossible for it to change. I trust you and I let your peace come into me. Isn't that a good news? Very good news. Yes. There's a scripture in the Bible in uh, Isaiah 54, chapter 54. It's in the Old Testament after the Psalms. And the verse is number 17. And it says, No weapon formed against you, and you can say formed against me, will prosper. That means it, you know why? <laughs> it Because... God said so. He said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. It's going to fail and go by the wayside. Because God's your God. He lives in you. That's the good news for today. Got it? All right. I'll see you next time. Amen. Awesome. Miss Connie and that uh, children's ministry team, they are incredible. Makes me wish that I had that team when I was in Sunday school all those years ago. Lots of great lessons to be learned by that. So, Pray that you guys recognize that. Kids, re remember, nothing is impossible with God. He'll see you through absolutely everything. We're going to take one more opportunity to watch that tutorial video before I deliver the message today. It, I think it's very important that we do everything that we can to stay connected during this time of separation, this time of isolation, this time of social distancing. There are ways for us to be connected. In fact, I've said it many times already that I, I have a, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm feeling from those that I'm talking with in our church, that 
we feel more connected as a family right now than we did before this transpired, which is kind of an amazing anomaly. And so this is just another opportunity for you to stay connected, especially when we get down to the altar invitation time. We're going to give you an opportunity at that time to use the hand emoji to raise your hand and say, I've accepted Jesus Christ today. And so watch this, tutor- this uh, brief tutorial one more time because we want you to stay connected even during the ministry time. Hi there, church family. As you all know, we are going live every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning on YouTube and on Facebook. Pastor says time and time again just how crucial it is to stay connected to the body of Christ which is why we want to show you a cool way to get engaged in the live chat feature. Over here on the right, you will see the live chat bar. This is where you can talk to people about your week or about how much you're enjoying the service. The lesser known feature, however, is the emoji button. Right underneath the chat bar is a smiley face. By clicking on that, you open up a few tabs full of emojis. The important tabs are the people tab and the symbols tab. In the people tabs, there are loads of cool emotes to really liven up the chat. Throughout the message, pastor might call out for the chat to raise their hand or give a thumbs up. These emojis are found here on the people tab. Another thing that may get called is to show some love or send some hearts in the chat. The hearts are found over here in the symbols tab. As always, stay polite and considerate in the chat. But we'd love to hear from you, and the best way for us to do that is to talk with you in the live chat feature. So we really hope to see you over there. All right, let's give it a try one time, even right now, all right? This is that moment where I want you to show the love. So go to that emoji icon where you can find the heart, and just right now, flood, flood the communication thing with uh, all the hearts and just show the love right now. Call you blessed, amen. Thank you for being a part of that. I want to deliver a message to you uh, this morning that really is unwrapping some of the things that I have been talking about for the last few days in our 714 morning prayer time. And uh, I just, uh, I was talking to somebody this week, he called me up and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just wrapping up my message. And, uh, and I said, he said something about, you're going to bring a wrap message? I said, no, I'm going to unwrap it on Sunday morning. And so we're in the unwrapping process right now. The title of this message is called, for sake of a better title, Walk, Crucify, and Defend. Uh, During these times that we live in, they are uncertain times. And I want to do what I can as a pastor to help you navigate those uncertain times. I think that it's pretty impressive and incredible of the Holy Spirit to be speaking a word to us this morning, I am a child of God, because that is one of the greatest ways that you can navigate that, and that is by understanding who you are in Christ and recognizing that. I think that that is a super important part of making it through any troubled time. I make it through a lot of troubled times just because I have a revelation in my heart and spirit that I am a child of God. But knowing that is, is one thing, but understanding how we were created is another thing altogether. Uh, the Bible teaches us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, <clears throat> it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. That's where you're at, say the word completely. That, that covers everything. May 
the peace, uh, may the God of peace himself sanctify you, set you apart, make you holy completely. Look at here. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you and I are created by God as three-part beings. We are, we, we are a spirit. That's the essence of who we are. We have a soul, and we live in an earth suit called the body, or it's called the flesh, if you will. And so what you do with those three parts is pretty profound. I mean, yes. How do you make it through un- under, uh, uh, uncertain times? Recognize who you are in Christ. How do you recognize who you are in Christ? One of the starting points is, re- is understanding how he created you. Great, you have some knowledge, your spirit, soul, and body, but what do you do with that? How do you uh, handle those three parts of who you are? This is my, my encompassing statement. I, I suppose if I were to give you my whole message in one sentence, this would be it. You have to walk in the spirit, you need to crucify the flesh, and you must defend your soul. You must defend your soul. The, the Spirit is the essence of who we are, and it's that part of us that lives forever. It, it is an eternal being, and eternity offers us two choices, either heaven or hell. And that destination is best based on the decisions that we make while we're in this earth suit. We have a lot of opportunities over the course of our life to make good decisions, bad decisions, right decisions, wrong decisions, and I don't know about y'all, but i made a whole passel of bad ones and wrong ones in my lifetime. Can I get a witness from somebody? We've all been there. But the decisions that we make while we're here in this earth suit determine eternal destinations, our eternal presence with the Lord or separation from the Lord. While Jesus was on earth here, he, he made a way for us to have an opportunity to believe in him, to accept him, and to receive him into our heart. And that decision to either accept Christ or reject Christ determines your eternal destination. Some will choose him, some will not. That's a very, very sad thing for those that don't. The moment a person accepts Jesus Christ into their heart, their spirit that's that one part. That their spirit is completely reborn and regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a brand new creation in Christ. Second Tim, uh, excuse me, Second Chronic, uh, Second Corinthians, excuse me, chapter five, verse seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you accept Christ, your spirit, man, that one part of the three parts that you are, is regenerated by the Holy Spirit and becomes a brand new creation. Your spirit is no longer stained and marred by the effects of sin. In fact, it has become the righteousness of God himself. That is a powerful thing. We put on God's righteousness at the moment of salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's back that up with another text from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, where it says, He hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, <coughs> excuse me, that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, any of us out there, if we were to think about our three parts, spirit, soul and body, we would go, I don't feel too righteous. 
I don't feel too righteous in my soul, my thinking, and I don't feel very righteous in my body. <clears throat> well, the beginning of point is recognizing who you are in Christ. You're a child of God. And in the Spirit, you have put on righteousness. Our spirit has been made perfect before God. How about that? You've been made perfect before God in your spirit. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Our spirit man or woman is now a <laughs> trying to get a hauls out of my pocket, and it's sewn into the lining. That's pretty good. <clears throat> okay, you guys just throw up the uh, smiley face, I'm laughing emoji right now. That's, that would be the thing to do. Now, recognizing that, we have to understand that the first thing we have to do is learn how to walk in the Spirit. Since you are a spirit by essence, and since you've accepted Christ, your spirit has put on the righteousness of God, and you're made perfect in the eyes of God, you have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Easy to say, hey, everybody, walk in the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I'm going to try to talk, I'm going to try to unwrap that a little bit. God expects us to walk, think, sleep, dream, move, live, and breathe in the Spirit. It's the first point of contact that we need to have. <clears throat> in fact, because we are in essence spirit and God is spirit, the only part of us that actually makes a God connection, a divine connection, is the spirit man or woman with the Holy Spirit. That's the connection. Our mind reacts to that. Our earth suit reacts to that. But the actual connection is not our mind and it's not our earth suit. It's our spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 says, If we live in the spirit, duh, then let us walk in the Spirit. Well, how does one walk in the Spirit? Well, first and foremost, remember this, that the Spirit and the Word are one. They agree together. If you want to walk in the Spirit, then the first thing I can tell you is learn to be obedient to the Word of God. That's the first and best way to walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, His first and primary way of guiding us is through the Word. John 16, verse 13 says that he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. Psalm 119, verses, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I think I said on one of my morning videos, what do feet do? They walk. What are paths for? Places to walk on. So it's about walking in the Spirit. So if you want to walk in the Spirit, you need to first learn to be obedient to the Word of God. Now let's talk about the second part, which is really, you know, we love this, this subtitle, Crucify the Flesh. Yeah, there's a, there's a happy camping uh, 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 subtitle for sure. But yet, we're told in Scripture in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 through 25, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Another way of putting it that is with your desires and passions. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So those that are in Christ have become a brand new creation spiritually, right? And so what we have to do then is those who have become, who are in Christ, and old things have passed away, all things have become new, still have to crucify the earth suit, the flesh. Now I'm not talking about hanging yourself on a cross, so please don't get all weird on me. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. I thought about that this week. I went, how much trouble did that dude have that he had to die daily? 
You know, I mean, did he have so much stuff in his suitcase, in his baggage, that every day he had one more thing to unwrap before God? Or were there just a few things going on in his life that always came back and revisited his flesh, revisited his mind? But did you hear that? The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the greats in Bible history, made the statement, I have to die daily. Most of us Christians... We, we stay as far away from cru- crucifying the flesh as possible because we're dictated by the things of flesh. In fact, most often, we are nothing more than 90-pound weaklings when it comes to overcoming the things of the earth suit. Don't look at me like I'm being hard on you right now, any of you all who are eating a candy bar right now and are trying to get over chocolate. Come on, it's about the flesh, Okay. And that flesh is strong. What does the Bible say in Matthew 26, 41? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit's been regenerated. It's been made perfect. So it's like, yeah, come on, let's go. And the flesh, nah, not right now, don't want to. So, you know, we have to overcome the flesh. The spirit is willing and ready. It's perfect before God. And in fact, it has put on righteousness, the very righteousness of God. There's no question about that. It is inarguable that that happens for the person who has truly accepted Christ in faith. But guess what? The flesh is still weak. We all have our weaknesses, and we often give in far too easily. Can I get a witness from somebody? I wish you'd just hit the emoji sign and wave a hand or something right now. Too often, unfortunately, we don't even put up much of a fight. I got at least one person in my crew waving both hands right now. <laughs> we don't put up much of a fight. Now, I'm going to tell on my wife just for a minute. Now, I can't say I can tell on her because she's not here because I know she's watching right now. Love you, baby. You're awesome. But that girl loves potato chips. In fact, what she loves is the salt that's on the potato chips. She said the other day, I'd probably do a lot better if I just sucked the salt off the chips and spit the rest out. But so she, just like the rest, all of us have stuff that we go, I'm having a hard time battling that specific area of my life. And that's not to speak negatively about you, sweetheart, or anyone else. That's just something that we all face in life. I mean, come on, y'all. The last three days, I've had an empty... I mean, my wife's been like, where are you putting all that food? I'm like, I don't know, but I want to go get some more. I mean, it's just like, give me, have some more. Give me some more food. So I'm battling the flesh. You're battling the flesh. We're all battling the flesh. It's something that we do. The Apostle Paul did it every day. Come on, y'all. A lot of us, we just say, well, let's see, tomorrow's church, uh, it's Saturday. I better, I better battle the flesh here on Saturday so I'm ready for a spiritual move on Sunday. And then that's over on Sunday. It's Monday. All right, flesh, do what you want to do at least for two or three days. What, am I the only one that does that? Come on. You're like, pastor, you need to get saved. Well, (laughs) our flesh has to die by degrees every single day for us to be able to walk in the Spirit. In fact, you will walk in the Spirit to the degree that your flesh is being crucified. That's something to understand. And how do you do that? You pick up your cross. We've just been observers of the cross for far too long. We need to pick up our cross, begin to crucify this old flesh. This old flesh, every part of this flesh 
stands in opposition to God. Every part of it stands in opposition to God. We can overcome, we can overcome that because of what Christ did at the cross of Calvary. We can overcome that because we have been made more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? Okay, well, you can't say amen, but you can hit the emoji and just go amen. I know, I'm going to hammer, I'm going to get y'all connected. We're going to stay with this. All right, let me get to the last point. I got one more point that I want to make, and it's about that third part of who we are. Remember, he says, uh, what did I say? May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and make your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless, powerful. So we've talked about the spirit. We've talked about the earth suit, the flesh. Let's talk about the soul for a moment. It's going to help you a lot. The reason that most of us cannot overcome the flesh is because we aren't good defenders of the soul. What is the soul? Well, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> My earth suit's got a scratchy throat right now. But I will overcome it in the spirit. And I will tell my soul that I am a winner. Right on? I just had an alone moment there. The reason that most of us can't overcome, overcome the flesh is because we're not good defenders of the soul. What is the soul? The soul is uh, that rational part of who we are, the thinking part, the emotions, the will, the, the, the reasoning. The best, best way to really boil it all down into one thing is that the primary part of our soul is this four-inch space between our ears. It's this mind up here. Uh, Boy, if we could just get a renewed mind, we'd probably be able to crucify the flesh. And if we can crucify the flesh, we can walk in the spirit better. Are you hearing how I'm putting this together for you? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that's the flesh, a living sacrifice. What? What happens at the sacrifice? Something dies. So you got to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Or one translation says, it's the least you can do. Goes on in verse 2, here it is. And be not conformed to this world. Uh-oh. Just hit the sad face emoji right now. Be not conformed to this world. Because quite frankly... This is a huge part of the problem in Christianity. Many of us are conformed to the world in certain aspects of our life. So we have an instruction here. Be not conformed to this world. Here we go. But be transformed by attending church every time the church doors are open. No, that's not what it says. But be transformed by being a powerful Tithe and offer and giving big bucks to the church. Can I get a witness? No, no, that's not what it says either. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the four-inch space between your ears. Are you seeing the simplicity of this? You can't 
crucify the flesh if you don't transform the mind. You can't crucify the body if you don't transform the soul. Let me say it in reverse. If you don't transform the soul, your mind, you cannot have the power to crucify the flesh. And if you cannot crucify the flesh, you cannot walk in the spirit. And you wonder why you're always tripping up. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So listen to me very carefully. If you've accepted Jesus, what are you doing? I got a pocket full of them up here, but thank you anyway. God bless you. Did y'all see that on camera? Oh, I wish you'd have saw that on camera. I got one of my blessed sisters who go. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. Brought me some ludens. What a blessing. Meanwhile, back at the anointing. <laughs> I like to have fun in church. You're awesome. God bless you. Thank you for thinking of me, whoever was doing that. Thank you. Nothing, nothing more distracting while preaching a message than to have someone. <laughs> All right, hit that laughing emoji. Come on, hit that laughing emoji right now. Pop it up. Show the love, everybody. Hit the heart. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. That was awesome, by the way. If you've, let, me, let me just say this and listen carefully. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, and I just wanted to say this again, your spirit has been made perfect. You are a child of God. You may as well, quite frankly, stop trying to fix this earth suit. Now, that is not a pastoral excuse to no longer exercise or do anything to try to... My one brother, yay, amen, no more exercise, hallelujah. That's not what I'm saying, but listen, from the day we were born, skin cells begin to die and fall off our body. I know this doesn't sound like good news, but the body is condemned to die, all right? And as you age, your body, well, I'm not going to go any further, just dies a little bit more. <laughs> so ultimately, in the long run, I can say, without giving you license to just sit and eat your bonbons and salty chips... No, I'm sorry, Miss Diane. She is not eating bonbons, all right? But just feed the flesh. Now, we've got to take care of the body. Yes, yes, yes. But recognize that you, you, the body's already condemned to die. So there's not a lot that can be done to say, well, I'm going to spend my life trying to fix my body, okay? Understand that. Let me back up. Your spirit's been made perfect by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's not a lot you can do in the long run to change the effects of life and time and death, that happens. But the one thing you can affect is your soul. I say that with passion because it's the one part of our being that the Lord gave us by the power of the Holy Spirit to have the power to make a dynamic, effective change in. We don't spend enough time right there. 
When a person becomes born again, they're immediately perfected in the Spirit. We don't understand that. I don't have to understand it to accept it and believe in it. The problem is that most of us think that because my spirit is made perfect, that so is my flesh. A lot of times we think that whatever is happening in our spirit is also happening in our flesh, and that's just not the way it is. And then we stumble and we fall and we, we, we can't understand how could this happen? I'm so strong spiritually and I just failed miserably. Come on, y'all. We've all been there. We can't understand that. And then we feel like complete failures. And we ask this question. If you've never asked it by these words, you'll recognize there's been times where you've thought this. Why isn't my flesh lining up with my spirit? Doggone it. Have you ever had that frustration? Well, the, listen, the answer is simple. The flesh isn't lining up with the spirit because the mind isn't getting renewed. That's the simplicity of it. I'm trying to help you today. God's word in Romans 12, 2 that we just read about being transformed, that comes from the Greek word metamorphos. The best description of metamorphosis is that which a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. And it's sort of like this. Prior to Christ, we, were no, we are nothing more than a slug-like caterpillar, but after Christ, we can become the majesty of the monarch butterfly in that metamorphosis. But how does that transformation take place? That transformation takes place by renewing the mind. The only way to renew the mind is through the Word of God. I've preached it till I'm blue in the face. We have to have more and more of the Word in our lives. I've preached it until my voice has become hoarse. You've got to have it is written in your heart. I've said it until many of you have probably thought it's just some empty cliche. Keep your nose in the book. You got to, and why? Was that just something to say? No. I recognize that it is the way to renew the mind. And when I renew the mind, I now have some power because of the power of the Holy Spirit in a renewed mind to begin to crucify this old flesh. Why? So I can walk in the victory of the Spirit of God. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise and an amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The problem is that we begin to experience the transformation, and then we have a major setback. We've, we've all been there. And setbacks often occur because we do not defend the soul. We don't guard our minds. We allow our mind to be open to just about anything. And when you're allowing your mind to be open to the things that are in, an, in opposition to God, then that is what is filling you. And that is what is taking away the strength and the energy to crucify the flesh. And it's what's keeping you from being able to walk the victorious life in the Spirit. We watch just about anything, and then we wonder why we're reverting back to some of our old habits. We go just about anywhere, and we wonder why we're struggling with some of our old ways. And we make excuses like, the dead man's coming back to life. No, you're just allowing the wrong things in your noggin. That's what's happening. We hang around. You're not going to like this one, but I'm sorry. We hang around with just about anybody. 
and then can't figure out why we're stumbling over all the same old things. Here's something that probably kicks a holy cow as well. The, influ- the influence that, ha- that others have over you, I know you're not going to like this, but the influence that others have over you is oftentimes greater than the influence the Word of God has over you. How can you say that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, be not deceived, evil communication corrupts good behavior. You hang around with the wrong people? You know, you will become what you hang around with. You'll become who you hang around with. That it will always happen. Whatever you put your mind to will eventually come out. We must put a guard against the schemes of the devil as it relates to our soul. We have to become better defenders of the soul. Yeah, it's the rational wisdom, it's the rational thinking and logic of who we are, the emotions, but I boiled it all down to saying it's this four-inch space between our ears called the mind. If you have a problem with lust, quit watching the wrong movies. If you have a problem with lust, quit watching the wrong videos. Stay away from it. You need to just work on guarding the mind, defend the soul. If you have a problem with alcohol or marijuana, quit hanging around with a party bunch. It's Well, they're my friends. No, they are acquaintances now. You have new friends in Christ because why? You've become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you have regular associations with ungodly people, like it or not, you will eventually do ungodly things. Well, I'll, I'll just, I know that boyfriend I got, he's, he's not a Christian, but I'm going to win him over to Christ. No, he's going to bed you down. Pastor, you're being a little too hard right now. Well, that's all right because the camera's not rolling its eyes at me. Hallelujah, glory to God. So. <laughs> All right, Sam, I think it's time I quit. I'm getting a little too punchy up here. Friends, we need to walk in the Spirit. We have to crucify our flesh, and we must defend our souls. If you can receive it, and if you can believe it, would you say amen and give the Lord a praise? Oh, I've had fun preaching today. Praise God. I want to give you an invitation to receive Christ into your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it starts off by saying this, But God, who is rich in mercy. Hmm. Oh, man, I, I I sure hope you can feel what I'm feeling right now in this sanctuary, in this place. That just prompts me to help you recognize that where you're sitting right now is also the sanctuary. You're worshiping God and receiving the word. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. But God, who is rich in mercy... God wants to be rich in mercy to you. I need mercy. You need mercy. I'm wondering how many of you out there have never formally 
invited God to be merciful to you. It's probably possible I'll receive a text or an email even from a Christian who says, you know, I've never asked, I've never verb God, be merciful to me. But he says, I want to be rich in mercy to you. Wherever you may be watching or wherever you may be listening to this service, I'm guessing that there are several of you who have never done that. This will be the first time you've ever said, Father, would you be merciful to me? It might surprise you to know that God has been waiting all your life for you to ask him to be merciful to you. He says, I am rich in mercy. That's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. He, was, he rose from the death, from the dead. His death paid the price for your sins and for my sins so that we could ask, God, would you extend your mercy to me? Oh, man. So many times we are like, I don't deserve it. You're right. None of us do. That's why it's called mercy. 38 years ago, on September 9th, 1982, I asked Jesus to be merciful to me. And his mercy from that day to this has just overwhelmed me, and it has blown my mind. If I had the ability right now to extend a microphone into that camera and have you give testimony uh, about, about God's mercy, there would be hundreds of stories about how you never imagined that Christ would be as merciful to you as he has been and how, he, how that's happened since you've asked Christ into your life. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in just a moment, and we're going to have a private moment together. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me. And you can pray it quietly. You can do your best to follow along with me. I'll say, I'm going to say this prayer slowly and give you an opportunity to respond. You can breathe it under your breath. You can just sort of repeat my words to God in your mind. Um, or you could just say in your heart, God, what he's saying, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, you ready? Bow your head with me. And we're going to ask for God's mercy. And God who is rich in mercy, extended his love towards you. So pray this prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I want to experience your mercy today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I admit I'm in, that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I'm inviting you to be mine right now. And I'm committing to being yours. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Live in me as the Lord of my life from now on. I believe you are a God who is rich in mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. If you said that prayer and believed it in your heart, you just became a brand new creation in Christ. 
Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We want to celebrate with you. And again, I'm not just hammering the emoji thing to be funny. This was really a lot of what hooking this up and the tutorial was all about, that you had that opportunity to put the hand emoji up and just to give us a signal. Yeah, I said that prayer. I asked God to be merciful to me today. That'd mean a lot to us if you'd interact with that. Or even call 989-681-5731. Our prayer team is still standing by. But we're making it as easy as possible for you to identify your need for a Savior. It's, it's really not much different than, and give me a moment to, to express this to you, it's really not much different than, for example, when I do a funeral and I take an opportunity to give people an op, a chance to accept Christ into their life. And I don't do an altar call to bring people forward. But I ask them this question. If you recognize your need for a Savior, just raise your hand and I will pray for you. That's really what that hand emoji is saying. It's not just an emoji, and I know for some people that's difficult to kind of swallow, but that raising of that hand emoji is just saying, letting us know, today I recognize my need for God's mercy. That's a big deal, y'all. And I pray that the Lord bless you in it. Give the Lord a praise, amen. I've said everything that I need to say today and, and probably more. Uh, we're so glad that you've checked into this service today, been a part of it. Uh, I pray that it penetrates your heart. I pray that it's not just another YouTube video. I pray that it's not just another live stream. I pray that the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit has been through these airwaves right into your home, your car, or wherever you're at right now, to have an expression of his love in your life. And I thank you so much for being a part of this day. I love you, and I call you blessed. I speak the peace of the Lord in Psalm 91 over you in everything that you do. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Have a fantastic week. God bless you.